Welcome to Marketing as a Foreign Language, episode 285. If you're listening to this, it's no coincidence. You're meant to be here. I hope your life is going swimmingly, even though I know that you are suffering a great deal because that is the nature of being a human being and you can overcome said suffering. The main story today is the story of a masked vigilante a bit of a misnomer because it's actually a group of people on TikTok that have decided that their life ambition is to uncover the identity of actual trolls. And so as we move throughout the internet, at least in my experience, I don't use anonymous names. I tend to use my actual name. I don't say anything online that if someone knew it was me, would be upset about. There are countless people that are living in this sort of fantasy realm of, oh, I'll just hide behind my username. I, it's always my face out there. Now, if you're like most folks, you're not like me. You've got some username. You can say whatever you want. Now, this particular group of people on TikTok has had enough, and they are a collective that goes by the group of the, the excuse me, by the name of the Great Londini. Uh, according to yahoo.com, Yahoo News. So they're represented by a mask with a hollow pitch black eye. Well, I'm sorry, a mask with hollow pitch black eyes and a gaping joker-like smile. Fantastic. Uh, they've got a website, a Twitter account, a YouTube page, etc. They also have 2.3 million followers on TikTok. This despite the fact that according to TikTok, they have been banned no less than nine times. There was an interview that they had with BBC where there was this guy named Leo who basically explained that uh, he's just the face of a group of volunteers. Volunteers, do you understand? These are cybersecurity and military people uh, who simply want to be known under one name. And they say that they can find who the actual person is in seven to eight clicks. Shout out to Intruderu coming to us in chat from Twitch. Thank you for joining the live show, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So the great Lundini running around exposing people who are saying terrible things. Um, an example is uh, there was someone who said, quote, eat a gun, which is obviously a horrifying thing to say to any other human being. Why would you do that? I don't care if you are um, anonymous or not. That's not the sort of karma we need to be putting out there. And uh, it turns out that person was a lawyer. So it just goes to show that the people out there that are saying horrifying things, you might think they're a 16 year old and you could be wrong. This could be someone who passed the bar exam and uh, they're out there sort of living this uh, horrifying alter ego, which the internet makes all too easy for us to do. TikTok, TikTok excuse me, again, not a fan. The apps been deleted, or I'm sorry, the um, their group has been deleted nine times on TikTok. According to the article, TikTok did not immediately respond to a request for comment from Insider on its content moderation policies, but the video sharing app said in a report that it independently removed 62 million videos during the first three months of 2021 for um, violating its guidelines. It's obviously using artificial intelligence to make this possible. I, uh, for the first time, hit... Uh, up against the TikTok algorithm. I created a post the other day where I said, hey, comment on what you think the answer to my question is. TikTok did not like that. It showed it to a, a grand total of two people. 
So crazy. Um, well, it's not crazy. We know from YouTube that there is auto captioning, which is to say that TikTok understands what you're saying. And if you say things like comment in the video or like, or this or that, um, clearly I triggered some sort of filter. Do I think there's someone manually sitting there at TikTok um, telling me that I can't do that? Uh, no, or shutting down my post. No, I do not think so. But the larger idea here with the great Lundini and friends is that they are exposing uh, what I would argue is a flaw, a glitch in the matrix, which is for all of human history, um, it's been nearly impossible to say the things that we are willing and able to say today. And you've got the creator class and you have the troll class. And the creator class, you know, receives the benefits of having the face out there and, you know, doing whatever. And then the troll class, uh, you know, is getting some sort of catharsis from, from doing these things. Um, to what degree is privacy in, and, and anonymity okay if you're just spewing hate all the time? Now, it's one thing if you're anonymous and it's sort of nice and fine and whatever. Obviously, people can say whatever they want. But now I, there is at least one group of people out there that are saying, hey, you know what? We are going to expose you. We're not going to let you say these terrible things unless you're willing to actually associate, say, your professional identity. Now, as human beings, do we need the freedom to be able to go and say horrifying things to other people? I would argue, no, 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 we do not. We do not need that sort of uh, freedom um, to survive. Now, a lot of people may feel a certain level of catharsis in doing that. And if you, the listener, do that and you go out and you say all these things, and if you're afraid that if someone realized it was actually you, well, then I'm not sure you should be saying the things in the first place. And so while I think it is, um, it would be really horrible if you were someone that said something that was taken out of context and then they exposed you and then your professional career was ruined, you know, that's not great for you because you thought you were anonymous at the time. Uh, I think groups like this are that sort of like that little bit of consciousness in the back of your mind that if you are about to write something horrible and the reason why you are writing is it writing it is because you believe you will bear no consequence. Now, mind you, if you're a creator and you're out there and you're doing this and that and saying this and that, and you get these comments, there's a lot of creators that simply will not read their comments. They can't do it. It's too much hate. Um, and, uh, it's too psychically difficult for them to even tolerate it. Um, groups like this from where I'm standing, I get where they're coming from. I also understand that uh, if you want to just get something off your chest and remain anonymous, there is no better place than the internet to do precisely that. The great Lundini. Moving right along, Facebook, Twitter, cope with doctored photos, graphic videos as Afghanistan falls. This one from CNET.com. From fact-checking to labels, social networks are being put to the test yet again. A CNN reporter, according to the article, all links to all articles in the description, stands in front of a photo of a helicopter flying over the U.S. Embassy in Kabul, Afghanistan, a city that has fallen into chaos. This particular article came out today. Very relevant. Um, recent, I should say. Underneath the image, a caption states, violent but mostly peaceful transfer of power. 
The image, supposedly a screen grab of the network, circulated widely on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media, prompting questions about its authenticity. How could the transfer be considered peaceful? Some wondered, was the language meant to be satire? Turns out the image was fake. Fake, fake, fake. It is one thing for people of the world to be looking to their leaders, knowing that those leaders are lying to them, at least sometimes, right? Leaders do this to maintain calm and for a variety of reasons, but we, we know from human history, our leaders lie to us. Okay, so we're getting, we look to the leaders, they tell us whether or not it's true. It sort of is what it is. They at least bear some responsibility if they lie to us and we find out. Now we live in a world where if they lie to us, the lie itself is just an image. Now, where did that image come from? Maybe it came from some website somewhere, but th these are not world leaders. And so at the end of the day, if they're held responsible, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean power transfers. It's just that the individual now has so much power to proliferate garbage misinformation as much as they would like. Um, in this particular instance, it is an image of Kabul falling. Now, what's the point of that? What is the point of that? An image that is meant to, I don't know, stir up some sort of thought. I don't really understand why someone would sit and create this sort of thing other than maybe they're just, they just want chaos. Reuters and PolitiFact both fact-checked the image and concluded that it, like so many photos before it had been digitally altered, the doctored image borrowed a screenshot from here and there, blah, 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 blah. Um, at the time, some conservatives criticized CNN for running the caption, fiery but mostly peaceful protests. Um, altered images and videos such as a doctored version of Nancy Pelosi's speech that made the House Speaker appear drunk have plagued Facebook and Twitter for years. Now, there's one thing uh, that is important to note here, which is that there is such a thing as satire. Um, it's almost as if The Onion, um, a satirical newspaper that you may or may not be familiar with, creates an image it, that's a joke. It's a joke. Um, and a lot of people will, quote, eat The Onion. They, they will take the false information, and maybe it's a sort of Zen teacher wake-up call to not be so ignorant and to wake up to the fact that you need to further investigate these things. You need a better filter when it comes to the information that you allow your mind to believe. Now, if you have no filter, how do you strengthen that filter? And satire can sometimes do that, where it's obviously fake, it's inaccurate, you you eat it, right? And then later you come to find, no, wait, uh, obviously I was wrong there. And then you start to self-reflect and that may make you more discerning in the future of what you choose to believe. This particular image, I'm not entirely sure, does that. Um, it's simply a an, an explanation of an event that simply did not occur. Again, I don't understand what they were going for here particularly. On Sunday, according to the article, Taliban fighters took over Kabul, which they obviously did not do. We talked about that. Violence erupted at the city's international airports with videos spreading through social media of people clinging to U.S. military aircraft as it took off or falling from another plane midair. The Associated Press citing U.S. senior military officials reported that at least seven people died at the airport. 
on Facebook and its photo sharing service Instagram. The doctored CNN image was labeled as altered. Quote, independent fact checkers say this information could mislead people, it said. So there you go. Um, Adam Mosseri, who runs Instagram, um, is quoted as saying, this risk is going to evolve, and that is absolutely true. We are entering to a time um, where this particular video that I am filming right now um, could easily be spliced into me saying all sorts of terrible things, things I never said. And um, ultimately, we will see instances of violence. We will see someone hurt someone else because they believed that that person created it. It's the perfect way to pit two parties against one another. This is something governments have been doing for many, many years. They will um, assassinate someone and then make it seem like the other country did it because they, they want those two countries to fight. They will make it seem like some country did some egregious thing, etc. Um, but as this moves into the world of just our personal relationships, as this becomes easier and easier, um, think high schoolers, right? I mean, if there's someone you don't like, now you're filming a video of them um, saying something that's clearly a deep fake, a deep fake, a fake, um, and they're going to have to deal with the ramifications of that. So we're moving into strange times indeed. Um, quote, we are relying on that policy to proactively take down anything that we can, that might be dangerous or it's related to, okay. So this is Adam Mazzari, the guy who runs Instagram, talking about how they are trying to solve these particular problems. But this of course is uh, very, very difficult. On YouTube, some news outlets added their own warnings at the beginning of videos that cautioned users the imagery was graphic, uh, but not all did. YouTube added age restrictions and a label all right, we get it. They are making some steps, but we're definitely going to have to evolve our technology over time to get anywhere near close enough to figure this out. Our next story from Upworthy.com. Doctor explains why he checks a dead patient's Facebook before notifying their parents. This story is a story that will hopefully cause you to reflect on the fact that it's a tool. Facebook is simply a tool. It can be used for good. It can be used for evil. Depends on the purity, you could say, of the person using it. According to the article, losing a loved one is easily the worst moment you'll face in your life, but it can also affect the doctors who have to break it to a patient's friends and family. Louis M. Profeta, or Profeta in English, MD, is an emergency physician at St. Vincent Emergency Physicians uh, Hospital in India, Indianapolis. Excuse me, Indiana. So he took to LinkedIn to discuss why he looks at a Facebook page um, or the Facebook page of the patient uh, before telling uh, their mom or their father or their relatives. The post was titled, I'll look at your Facebook profile before I tell your mother you're dead. Uh, thousands of likes, obviously. Profeta says, it kind of keeps me human. I'm about to change their lives. Um, in about five minutes, they will never be the same. They will never be happy again. So it just goes to show that there is, there's a balance we have to strike in this particular life where even the most mental among us, even the most intellectual among us will find themselves having to go into their heart and flex that muscle too. It's easy to become, well, that's not true. It's incredibly difficult to become 
a doctor at the level um, of Dr. Profeta. Um, and it would be quite sim easy and very Spock-like to logically approach it and go, okay, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to let them know they're going to have to deal with it. It is not my job to deal with the emotional fallout that I'm about to cause. It's not. It's my job to try to keep these people alive and just look at it very mechanically. And you go out there and you don't want to hurt them. So, you know, you, you break the news in the way that you were trained. And that's that end of story. You leave and that's it. Um, but to open up the heart, to, to look at this person's life, to really feel it and to walk out there with that sort of compassion is a very yogic thing to do, honestly. Um, it's called bhakti yoga. Um the yoga of love and compassion. And uh, it's not surprising to me that uh, this did as well on LinkedIn as it did. So good for him. Good for him. Moving right along, news.yahoo.com. Taliban spokesmen use Twitter to broadcast updates on Afghanistan as Trump remains banned. <laughs> well, it's a, we live in funny, funny times, man. Funny times. Twitter has allowed the Taliban to spread news of their takeover. Af okay, I shouldn't laugh because we're talking about the Taliban taking over Afghanistan, which is horrifying, right? And then, of course, we've got President Donald Trump being kept off the platform. What's funny to me is that you have all of these forces that are prioritizing one thing over an another. That's what's funny to me. Um, people often struggle to understand my perspective because my perspective is perspectives. Okay. So in one moment I can go, okay, Trump supporter is a ridiculous censoring free speech. Okay. In the next moment I can go, well, obviously banned him for a number of quality reasons and here are the reasons why. And then the next perspective I can say is ridiculous that the Taliban continues to do this. And then in the next perspective, as I understand, Twitter is, is dealing with like an endless flood. It's easy to take on the perspective of all of these different people. Um, the reality is that at the end of the day, we end up with craziness. <laughs> I understand that all the perspectives mesh. And what we end up with is it's just, it's funny to me. Uh, Taliban spokesman Zaba Hula Mujahid whose Twitter account has amassed some 287,000 followers, regularly provides updates on the Taliban's seizure of the country. He uses social media to assert that the overthrow has been largely peaceful, despite reports to the contrary. Um, one Monday tweet from Mujahid, which might be an alias, showed a video of Afghanis in Kabul and was accompanied by the caption noting the Taliban militants had been deployed to various parts of the city. So it just goes to show. So uh, the article continues, former President Trump permanently suspended, has been not allowed back. Um, the ban prevents Trump from interacting with his followers, um, et cetera. So look, if you are very opinionated about this, that, or the other thing, go ahead. Live that life. Take that trip. You know, um, fight the fight that you want to fight. Um, from where I'm standing, it's just a mess, <laughs> and it's a mess because our lives are messy, our minds are messy, um, and this is the extension of just you know our messy minds. But we managed to figure it out, 
at the end of the day, by and large, I am positive about humanity and where we are going. Uh, final article of the day. Final article? No, two more articles. LinkedIn says most employees can work from home forever. Hooray! Yes, finally. I love it. So we've talked about Facebook and them going back and forth and Twitter going back and forth and can they and can they not? And Google said, if you move far away from you, we're not going to pay you as much. Just ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous statement after ridiculous statement. According to this uh, New York Post article, the majority of LinkedIn's 16,000 employees will be allowed to work remotely full-time. The company said Thursday in a reversal of its previous policy. Let's go. However, workers who relocate from cities like San Francisco and New York to cheaper locales may have their pay docked. You know what I'm, uh, you know, right when I was singing. You know what I mean? I, you get me singing, you get me happy, and then you hit me with this garbage. Uh, y'all can work from home, no problem. But here's the deal. Uh, we don't think that you are worth, you know, we don't think you're worth it. Let me put it to you this way. If you live in San Francisco and you choose to live in a van and you work at LinkedIn for three years with the idea that you're just going to retire because you made that choice, you're still, you're going to the store, you're buying bananas, you are, you buy a hot pot, you shower at the local gym. Okay. And you live in a van and they pay you $245,000 a year and you, you take all, you just take it all in, right? because you're in San Francisco living in a van or a studio apartment, let's say. They say, you know what? You're worth $245,000, okay. You moved to Arkansas, all of a sudden you're worth $160,000? Explain that to me. Explain that to me. I don't understand. It's so frustrating to me. I, I, it's just a cash grab by all of these, these huge companies. They're looking at it going, wait a second. If we don't physically need you here, and it turns out we don't, this to me is just the start of the nationalization of these of these high formerly high paying jobs. Because they're just going to hire people in Mississippi, hire people in Louisiana, and the the panhandle of Florida. They're going to be hiring people in North Dakota. It's like where the cost of living is less, and we'll pay them less because at the end of the day, no one needs to be in San Francisco unless you're rich, apparently. Quote, we anticipate that we'll definitely see more remote employees than what we saw prior to the pandemic. You think so? The news comes as tech. I guarantee you there are going to be people who stay in San Francisco and completely downsize their entire life just to just to keep the pay. And then they'll end up moving later, you know, when they can buy a home cash. Truly ridiculous. Hey, I you know what? If you want to, I would rather you live in like the cheapest, most disgusting, like, insect infested living quarters in San Francisco employee of mine, then you to move somewhere else. Um, it doesn't, it, the logic makes no sense. It makes no sense unless you sit back and go, they want more money, which they obviously do. So dang it, LinkedIn. I thought we were on the same page. I really did. I really did. Slashing pay for employees who leave Silicon Valley for cheaper areas. Frustrating. Finally, LinkedIn launches native video meetings. LinkedIn is now capable of hosting one-to-one -one video meetings without the need for a third-party service. LinkedIn is rolling out native video meetings. 
which lets users have one-to-one calls directly within the app. Since last year, LinkedIn has allowed users to initiate video meetings with each other. However, the call would take place on another app like Zoom. So LinkedIn getting into the free meeting world. So keep an eye on that. Zoom stock obviously through the roof. Some people say roof. Anyway, let's recap. Mass vigilantes on TikTok. The great Londini exposing people who say horrifying things and saying, hey, that's actually a lawyer you know. So maybe that guy shouldn't be uh, saying violent things on TikTok. Shocker. Hey, here's an idea. Be Love each other. Tell the truth. Facebook, Twitter, cope with doctored photos, graphic videos as Afghanistan falls. Yeah. Um, it's a story as old as time. People will lie and try to get away with it. Doctor explains why he checks the dead patient's Facebook before notifying their parents. Good for him. Bhakti yoga. Open up the heart. Keep that heart open. Twitter has allowed the Taliban to spread news of their takeover of Afghanistan while Trump is banned. It just goes the, shows the chaos of the mind, man. It shows the chaos of our priorities and just where we're at um, as one humanity, um, especially in Twitter's um, attempt to police their own culture. It often will come up with um, not hypocritical things, but things that are, how do you explain it? Their priorities. It shows them where they aren't is, is how I'll put it. New York Post, uh, tech companies like Twitter, slashing, yeah, we just talked about it, LinkedIn, working from home forever, but not really. Here's a pay cut. And uh, finally, might not be Zoom on LinkedIn. Zoom may uh, may get beat up a little bit. People might be moving to apps like LinkedIn. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. If you want to join us for the live show, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time at youtube.com forward slash send it rising. It's the name of my company, the name of the show, Marketing as a Foreign Language. You can search either of those two things on YouTube and bam, you will find us. Like, subscribe. You know we love you. If you're listening to us, it's no coincidence. We really appreciate you. See you next time.